0: Takes it away, then Akindeli to the rescue. Always count on Tesho to help out defensively. Nice. Now Urso, Put in. he's putting Tesho Akindeli in. Can he beat Sobaczynski? Here's Tesho, big save, Kalina, rebound, go! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show, where today we're going to be talking about Orlando City Pride, OCB, UCF, Rollins, and the Central Florida Crusaders. Kyle Foley, that is six teams that we're going to be talking about today. There's a lot of soccer in Orlando now, apparently.
1: There is there 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 do be lots of soccering going on.
0: It in do be the that time of year, city of Orlando, as the professional yeah. side starts. Heading into the end of the season, the collegiate side starts up, and then as the collegiate side ends, the indoor soccer season starts up, so there is literally soccer all the time. You just just take that Eddie Murphy song, party all the time, but replace soccer, and, and there you have Orlando as a city. Anyways, let's talk about Orlando City and uh, their trip to Charlotte where it took Urshan 62nd-minute goal and Tesho Akindeli's 90, well, just about 90th-minute goal, 89th minute officially, to win the game on the road in a very, uh, very hostile environment. Bank of America Stadium, 30-something thousand people in attendance, and Orlando City pulled it out right at the end thanks to a player who hasn't scored in a calendar year. So, first off, Kyle, um, you happy for Tesho?
1: I mean, I, I suppose so. I mean, it's it's good when a player hasn't scored in that long scores. It's unfortunate that it's been so long. And, I mean, he's not been a key player for the team, so it's not necessarily a disappointment
0: that he hasn't been scoring. But it is it is, it is good to see. It, it's crazy to we- think about, though, because, like, when you think of Tesho Akandele, you're not saying, wow, he's no – one of the big stars for orlando city right but then you look at the record books and well he's up there and that that's the that's the crazy thing is when it when it comes to this orlando city team tesho is one of the most played players In not even Orlando City history, but Orlando City's USL history, if you combine the two. And what I think, he's currently third all-time in appearances for this team. He is now, I think he's still top 10 in goals. He's got the same amount of goals that Daryl DK scored. But Tesho's done it in 112 appearances, and Daryl did it in 41. So, a little bit of a well, I, I, difference. I mean, there. I feel like
1: a lot a lot of that for, for Tesho, too, is coming off the bench.
0: Yes. So. Uh, uh, Daryl started 33 games. Tesho started 58. So, about almost, yes. <laughs> just over, just about half of his appearances have been off the bench. Yeah. But he he has 19 goals and 8 assists in his 112 career games for Orlando City that includes all of league's cup etc. He's 7th all-time in goals as of right now. And I believe he's at least top 20 in assists now.
1: So I don't know if him being a top player though is is really has anything to do with him and his ability I think it's more just a, a commentary on the longevity of Yes, stays here in Orlando for players like I think he also like he's just been here longer than players are usually here.
0: This is true. This is true. I mean, Robin Janssen's the only other player that is currently active on this squad that has been here and played more games. But that's not I mean, they've basically been here the exact same amount of time. You know, Tesha signed in the 2019 season. Robin signed a couple weeks into the 2019 season and they've played almost the same amount of games. Janssen has come off the bench three times, so he started 114 of his 117 appearances. He's also logged over 10,000 minutes, which I believe he is the only player uh, to do so for this club, to log over 10,000 minutes. Who won? crazy enough, is the second highest in minutes. Third is Joe Bendik uh that's certain that's cer- certainly a list it it is a list you're right It it is a list uh those numbers do exist and uh are, are we better for knowing or that one's a lot more debatable right yeah of for course. sure of course so back to this orlando city game urjan starts his first game in almost a month after missing out with a injury that wasn't necessarily originally reported It was one of those situations where he didn't play, he was on the bench, then all of a sudden he was injured, then people started making up rumors about how he's going to get transferred and then all of a sudden he's healthy, he's back. Oscar actually said he wasn't 100%, he was still not 100% in trainings, he was pushing through and pushing through and they decided to start him, which seems kind of out of character for Oscar, but who am I to judge? And Urchon scores. Great little combination play with uh, Junior Urso passing to Facundo Torres. Torres gets a nice little slip ball through the defense. And Cara makes a great run into the box. Charlotte's defense fell asleep on that. And Cara scores. It was one nothing. That was the first goal when Orlando scored in the 62nd minute. The first 45 was a game. Soccer was played in that.
1: That's that's been the unfortunate kind of takeaway from most Orlando City games. This I mean, year. Orlando
0: actually did have like the better chances throughout that first half. Their expected yeah, thought, goals thought, were were higher. Their shots, shots on target, possession—like they they were they were holding possession against a team that likes to hold possession, and it was at their house. So that says something.
1: Yeah, I think this late in the season, on the road, y- you want to go, and y- y- it doesn't need to be pretty. It doesn't need to be impressive.
0: It just needs to be a result. It needs to be, yeah. I, I think uh, Jake Mulraney said it best last week. Who cares? We won. Yeah. that's That's going to be the motto of Orlando City. Who cares? We won. I mean, gonna like eventually it's, it's, it's
1: going to matter. You're you're going to get you're going to get to the more important games where it does matter cuz yes. you can't you can't always survive on who cares we won. It's just that that will only take you so far. But in the less important games like this, I don't want to say it's an unimportant game, but it's less important than like the upcoming Open Cup final or playoff games, like so so it is it is just a game of just average importance where you just need a result it doesn't really matter. Uh, Honestly, like a point would have been fine on the road would have kept things in playoff contention would have been okay. If not ideal, but still would have been okay. And so I think, but, but, but like in two weeks, it's going to need to be a little bit more than just who cares. We won.
0: Yeah. No, that final is coming up very quick. Surprisingly quick. It seems like it's been a long time coming and yet all of a sudden it's here and it's, Weird that it's already here. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Anyway, back to this uh the Charlotte game. Orlando scores in the 62nd minute, and then Mackenzie Gaines scores four minutes later. It was a moment where uh Rodrigo Schlegel, who was in the game due to a uh injury picked up by Robin johnson uh kind of lost track of Mackenzie Gaines, who made a nice run into the box near post didn't pick him up in time Gaines heads it in so it's 1-1 at that point and then charlotte takes hold of possession and starts basically you know trying to, to hold out <laughs> and trying to win the game um all things considered despite the possession being 60 40 and charlotte's possession favor in the second half it was still fairly even in terms of shots except orlando's actually had more shots on target Throughout the entire game, seven of their 13 shots were on target, which, I mean, Kyle, honestly, when was the last time that happened where Orlando City's shots were actually on target?
1: It's been a while. That's it's, for it's sure. It's
0: been a long while. And and listen, give full credit to Christian Kalina, the goalkeeper for Charlotte. He had some incredible stops throughout the game. Pedro Galese came up with some big stops as well. Uh, the defensive line, Antonio Carlos, Rodrigo Schlegel. Even Juwan and Kyle Smith, they had some good plays. Cesar Araujo, excellent, excellent job. I mean, all things considered, Araujo, he was the team leader in tackles. He was actually second in tackles one to Kyle Smith. But he was, you know, numbers-wise, he wasn't, like, super impressive, but he was just solid, And, and he has been solid. And that's that's really the biggest thing for Orlando City is having a player who uh not only played the full ninety minutes, but had a hundred percent passing accuracy through the entire game. Forty passes, forty accurate passes. Pretty impressive. Right? Pretty pretty impressive. So again, like he, he's a he's a good solid player, and earlier in the season we're like Sebas Mendes, starter. Turns out Cesar Araujo is just much, much better. And it's crazy to think, is like, a, what, a year or two ago, this team was nothing without Sebas Mendez in the midfield, holding, having that like defensive midfielder basically sitting in front of the center backs to break up plays. And this 20 year old kid comes in and. Plays Sebas out of a position and out of a team. He's he's the other side of the country now. It's crazy. But that's just that's just how good Arajo has been this year. Um, and that got him on team of the week bench as well for his performance. So anyway, back to this game. All right, uh Tesho Akindele comes in. They start bringing in some players. A lot of people. Seventy eighth minute, they see Tesho coming in. They're like, oh god, here we go. And again, he hasn't scored in a year, so sure, understandable. But what Tesho does that is invaluable to this team, especially in late game situations, is pressing the back line and not allowing them to be comfortable. And he does a a good he's a solid player at doing the things that need to be done. He's not going to be flashy, he's not going to single handedly go one on one against players. He just does what needs to be done and teams need a player like that. Whether he scores or not is is indifferent of why Oscar Pereja continues to play him. Because he does what needs to be done and sometimes that isn't scoring. People just assume he's a striker, he needs to score, but that's not always the case. And I think that, you know, he got his reward by scoring the game winner, but don't take away from all the other things that he's done for this team throughout the year that did go completely unnoticed. Speaking of going unnoticed, uh, Nico Joachini, the the play he made in the 89th minute to, to help with that goal was actually uh, very heads up. And I don't know if he meant to do it or not. And by the play, I mean completely not playing the ball. As the ball was, Tesho actually started the play that led to his own goal. And he says he doesn't even remember doing it. When he knocks it back to Antonio Carlos, who who boots it downfield, it's coming to Joe Instead of playing it, Joe runs, lets it bounce to Urso, and then Junior drives towards the defense, plays that cutting ball in for Tesho, who gets the shot off. Kalina makes the original save, and then Tesho finishes it off to win the game. Now, Here's a fun stat for you Kyle. Charlotte has conceded 9 goals to opponents substitutes in MLS this year. That's second most in the league, only to Sporting Kansas City.
1: That is a that is a fun little fun little stat there.
0: It is indeed. So again, happy happy for Tesho. Good for him to to get that goal, but sometimes it's just a lot of what he doesn't do. You know, I'll go back to the the OCB game last week where he played and scored. He got minutes he played 45 and and that seemed to help him. just just sometimes it's just getting the minutes and seeing the ball go in the back of the net that just it helps your psyche and we'll actually get into that whole premise with the pride because there is a player on the pride that is in fact kind of living up to that oh yes. Well, the fact that the psychological idea of seeing the ball go in the back of the net. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about that for the pride. Now, Orlando City get to play this weekend against New York City FC at home. And guess what, Kyle? They're without their captain. He got a yellow card. He's now suspended. Mauricio Pereira got a yellow card in the game. Uh, against Charlotte and it was suspended for the next game, and it wasn't necessarily a great challenge. It was an unnecessary challenge, but yeah, not great.
1: Not great indeed.
0: So I am I'm curious to see what Orlando City does against a top team in MLS right now. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Despite their their last couple uh games NYCFC is still a top team they are third as of right now in mls orlando's fifth but for how long i don't know because <laughs> every team behind them is within three points put it this way if orlando lose and cincinnati and new england win orlando's out of the playoffs So what you tell me is Orlando need to win. Basically, they need to win the the rest of their games because <laughs> it's just so close. And it's, it's crazy to think about, but Orlando's game against Miami at the end of the season could come down to see who makes the playoffs. Yeah. That is, that is just really wild. Now, also, Orlando City throughout the rest of the season uh, will be playing Seattle, who's desperate for a win. They'll be playing Atlanta, who's almost on the outside looking in. They will play Toronto, who's up and coming right now. They'll play Philly, who's tops in the uh, in MLS. No, in second in MLS, tops in the East. They'll play Miami, who, again, as I mentioned, could be deciding factor to see who makes the playoffs or not. And then Columbus, same concept. Those last two games of the season, which are... Uh, at Inter-Miami and at home against Columbus could be the deciding games in the playoff race. Could be. I say could be because, well, there's still a lot of time between then and now. right? We're at the end of August. Those games are at the beginning of October, so there's a whole month of games to go before any of that happens. Now here's the other thing. This week coming up, You have the game Sunday, Orlando-Seattle on Wednesday, then a week from then, Open Cup Final. You then have three games remaining in the month of September, all against playoff contenders. I think it's still safe to say Toronto is a playoff contender. Then October, same thing, playoff contenders. Nobody's out of it. Because right now, Toronto's six points back of Orlando. That's two wins. Atlanta's six points back of Orlando. The only team that's out of it in the Eastern Conference is D.C.
1: It's going to be a tight race to end the season.
0: Oh, yeah. Parody. Which is always enjoyable. It's all about the parody. We we, we do love a good parody here at the Orlando Soccer it's Show. All, it's all about the parody and D.C. Yeah. Well, and then the Western Conference, it's all about parity, D.C., and then Houston, Kansas City, and San Jose. Although, no, they're not really out of it either. What's crazy is Kansas City, bottom of the uh, Western Conference, they win three games and a couple teams above them lose. They could be right back in it. God, what a what a league this is. What a league indeed. All right, any other final thoughts on Orlando City before we move on? We're trying to keep every team about 20 minutes talking so that we can actually get through it all. No, I think I'm good. Perfect. All right, time for Pride. The Orlando Pride went to – well, they played Gotham, but they went to Subaru Park in Chester, Pennsylvania, to play their game because of a deal that they had. Anyways, Gotham was being Gotham's home arena was being used, and so Subaru Park was the closest option. Plus, they've played there before. So, first forty-five minutes, kind of same thing. Honestly, Orlando didn't look bad. They they either team looked like it could score. I'll put it that way. Both teams had equal opportunities in that first half. Orlando just had more of them. Uh. And again, Aaron McLeod came up with some big saves. That's the first half. Second half. Celia, in kind of a broken play, scores the opening goal. Ball gets whipped in by Carrie Abello. Finds the back post header of Celia. She heads it down. Julie Doyle's right on the doorstep of the goal. She misses. Clearance by Gotham is missed. Ball pops back out. For Celia, she hits it towards goal. It actually takes a massive deflection off of Erica Timrak's butt and goes in the back of the net. But the goal was credited to Celia and still is, even though it was, I would say, very clearly Erica's goal. But that's that's semantics. Anyways, Orlando scored. That's what mattered. So then Orlando, kind of, you know played their game they started playing a lot of very quick passes and uh, again can't can't sing enough praises for Seb Hines right now he's got this team playing fun fast and free and that's the way they like it I've heard a lot of players saying how enjoyable it is to play for this team how much fun they've made it to play and I was just talking to Viviana Villacorta earlier this morning and she was just like "Yeah, it's it's so much fun I, I just enjoy playing soccer so much now So, again, give credit to Seb and his coaching staff. But I want to talk about Allie Watt because she was just traded to the pride. $125,000 from OL Rain, who's going to be Orlando's next opponent, funny enough, to come to Orlando. So she started training last Wednesday. Trained Thursday, trained Friday, and then... What was it? The she flew up to had a match day minus one training in uh, Philly and then they played. So she was like, what, two, three trainings into her pride career. Now, she had been playing a lot with O.L. Rain as a substitute, 20, 30 minute stints. And again, she comes in in the 63rd minute or so. And nine minutes later, she makes a difference. Gets a ball from Maggie Doherty Howard, is one-on-one with Estelle Johnson, makes a quick move inside, goes back outside, drives towards the goal, finishes far post, beautiful goal, and Allie Watt scores her first NWSL regular season goal in that moment. Now, what's special is for Watt is that she's actually, (laughs) it's been a long road for her. And I talked to her last week. And we're actually going to have a an interview here with Haley Hansen that we're going to play in just a second. But Allie was she she basically said that I need to find my swagger. She tore her ACL 13 minutes into her first game with the North Carolina Courage back in 2020. That was during COVID. A lot going on. Had to rehab. Then was traded to OL Reign at the end of the 2020 season. She played in five matches in 2021 after going through her rehab. Then this year, started playing again, played consistent minutes, scored in the Challenge Cup, but that's just the Challenge Cup. It's not officially the regular season. And beginning of the season, she was starting games. And then players started coming back for O.L. Reign. They're a very, very deep team. And Ali Watt was just on the outside looking in at that point where she was getting spot minutes. And for someone who's still very fresh out of college, just two years removed, it wasn't a conducive environment for her. And so makes the move to Orlando, who desperately needs somebody up front to find some consistent scoring. Now, Allie Watt scored 40 goals in like 80-something, 90-something games in college, which is a tremendous amount of goals at Texas A&M. One of the best players in college at the time. Just pick like sixth overall in the 2020 NWSL draft. So there's a lot of hype and pedigree coming with her. Plus, she's insanely fast. I think she tested one of the fastest players in NWSL, just in terms of sprint speed. But the fact is, she hadn't scored. And when I talked to her last week, she said, I just need to find that attitude that I have on the field. I need to carry that again. I need to find my swagger again. That comes with confidence, a lot of repetitions, and the coaching staff noticed that that's what I really need to do. So here in Orlando, I think a lot of reputation and a lot of time, that will help me grow more into myself and hopefully get all the results that I want to get. And that was that was on Thursday of last week that I talked to her. She scores on the weekend. So when I asked her, like, hey, you said you, you, you wanted to find your swagger. Do you think this is a good step in the right direction? She said, it's a step. She said, there's still so many more steps to go, but it was a good step in the right direction. So she's got that kind of humble attitude where it's like, yeah, I scored, but I can do so much more. And you want those kind of hungry players that want to score, that want to be in front of goal. And, you know, one of the things she said is, like, the the coaching staff here in Orlando helped her a lot. She said, the coaches were, were telling me during my only couple practices was just dribble, just dribble at people, drive at them, and, Keep yourself in the line of goal, and that's what she did. But yeah, honestly, I think it's it's a great player to have for Orlando. Uh, you can read more about it on the Orlando Soccer Journal. Seamus plug right there. Read a little article about her, and uh, now we're gonna have a an exclusive. Last Thursday, when I talked to Ali, I also talked to Haley Hansen, who joined the team that day. So I got to catch up with her talk a little bit about the trade you know how it came about what she's expecting to give to the pride she's one of those players that is been in the league a number of years but is also still young where she can provide a lot of expertise through having played she's gotten a cap for the u.s. women's national team as well and she's just more depth for this orlando pride team that as they head towards the end of the season, here are in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, who who would have thought that this would be the case? That Orlando would would be, after all they've gone through, they would be in the playoff hunt. That's just very impressive.
1: No, it is, and it's a testament to the job Seth Hines has done and the players rising to the occasion.
0: Yeah, and again, it's it's just it's so massively. so massively different right because orlando was struggling they lost i I keep repeating this but they lost three games by a combined score of 11 to nothing and like they've come back from that it's just it's just massive anyway um let's go ahead and play this uh interview from Haley hansen once again uh Brand new Pride player. Uh she seemed really excited just to to be with the Pride. I think I think that she's gonna be a really good addition to this team. So here we go. Here is my interview with uh the newest Pride player, Haley Hansen. First off, welcome to Orlando. Thank you. Um was this a big surprise for you?
2: No, I wouldn't say a big surprise. I think maybe if you asked me a month ago, I wouldn't have, you know, been in the same headspace I am now, but I think, um, just thankfully, I was able to have clear communication with, you know, my agent and just the opportunities that existed here. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for a new challenge. I think at this point in my career, I want to, you know, be a part of a club that, you know, values me and, and wants to invest in me as an individual, as well as the, the group, and so getting to training today and seeing how great the setup is, I'm just like pumped.
0: Now, you're familiar with a couple of players on the team, as yes, well. so I that, am. that helps a little bit, yes, further.
2: definitely. Definitely, I played obviously with Meg for a couple of years, um, and then Darian, we played over in Melbourne um, one off season, and then Parker Roberts and I um, grew up in the same area, so we are familiar. With Each other too, so yeah, and then everybody else I didn't know previously or have been amazing. So,
0: but you've played against a lot of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, too. yeah,
2: yeah. I walked in, I was like, I know you, but like, <laughs> hi, we've never met, you know, so it's kind of probably tackled you once, yeah, or twice, right. Yeah. It's kind of fun, though. It's you know, it's amazing people everywhere. So,
0: so now you've obviously played with uh, Houston your entire career, mm-hmm. uh, your professional career outside of the one Stint in Albert. Yes, this is your second ever NWSL mm-hmm. club. Is it weird to kind of go to a, to a new club after having played your entire career one place?
2: Yeah, it's weird. Um, I think that's like a good word for it. Um, it's not necessarily bad or you know anything like that. It's more just every team has their nuance, you know, things that the way they do things. And obviously I know this club has had a lot of changes even just in the last few months. And so um, I know that I'm not the only one that's maybe feeling you know all the changes um but yeah it's it's a little strange but i think you know with time like anything it'll feel like second nature
0: yeah speaking of time i mean you've only been here like less, less than, than 24 hours, hours. yeah right. so like how has the the adjustment been for you what has been the uh, kind of conversations with the the staff and uh, mm-hmm. and how have they gone yeah
2: i mean it's been like i said i think that once this all went down like it was it was a bit of a whirlwind but like I'm just shocked at the accessibility to all the staff here like there's so many people working for us and for the entire group and so it's been awesome to already get to know people and yeah Ian has been super great just with you know communication and same with Seb and Giles and um, the whole coaching staff so I'm just feeling like it's I'm just so happy with my decision to make this change and I know it's yeah less than 24 hours but <laughs> I'm, I'm just like stoked I, I don't have any like nerves which is weird like I'm just I feel very at peace with um, being here which is exciting so
0: So uh, this is obviously a very young team a lot of inexperienced you know, guys, players that are coming in first mm-hmm. second year you're technically still young even though you've been in the league since 2018 mm-hmm. and you, you kind of balance that that one side with the other how mm-hmm. do you kind of feel that you can kind of help with some of these players that are still getting their feet wet in the professional Mm. game while also being that veteran presence that is needed within the team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that was such a big appeal for me because I think getting drafted to Houston and, like, being there the whole time, it's like sometimes you feel like you're still viewed as that, like, rookie player. And I just – I'm excited to, yeah, bring the experience that I've had thus far and, you know, be able to hopefully bring some wisdom to the younger players and not – make them feel like they are, you know, rookies. It's like, we're all equals, like we're all out here like competing. And I, I think that that's like super important to reiterate that there's no, you know, just egos or anything like that. Like, I'm just excited to be a part of a group that like just holds a standard and what you do on the pitch is like what matters. So yeah, speaking it's of, exciting.
0: Speaking of on the pitch, what's what's your preferred position? Cause I know you played right back, you played right mid, mm-hmm. like what, what do you want to play?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel comfortable at right full back, but I know that like I've I've had stints, you know, at outside of a three back, I've had stints at wing back, so like I, I'm excited just to hopefully get to do a lot of different things. <laughs> like I, I think my versatility is um, something that's, you know, hopefully valued and like seen and, and I think that there's a lot of possibilities with the group that we have here to keep it interesting
0: so yeah so yeah that is uh Haley hansen newest pride defender exciting times all right kyle let's move on to orlando city b so they played against the columbus crew too who are the league leaders in mls next pro currently have the top goal scorer in in mls next pro as well jason russell rowe Orlando held their own after actually leading at a point. They they were they were down one nothing very early on after conceding a penalty thanks to Thomas Williams. Orlando battled back, scored thanks to Moises Tablante in the 18th minute, then got a penalty of their own in the 24th minute and Nasir Acosta scored to make it 2-1. So Orlando was actually leading the league leaders for the most of the first half into the second half, and then 75th minute, they concede, it goes 2-2. And then things get a bit crazy. As the game progresses on in the 85th minute, Ethan Subachan for Orlando uh, gets a red card. Then things pop off again. Moises to goes in for a bad challenge. Uh, straight red. So Orlando's down to two players. <laughs> down two players as the game ends. It finishes 2-2. Orlando held holds on after six minutes of stoppage time to get the point. And then it goes to penalties. And then the penalty shootout goes really weird. First penalty from Columbus. Missed. Straight over top. Then Nick Taylor for Orlando steps up. Missed. Straight over top. And then things kind of calm down. Jason Russell-Rose scores. Uh, Ignacio Galvan for Orlando has his penalty saved. Then three straight goals from Columbus, Orlando, and Columbus. And then Eric Guenera. Penalty missed. Game over. Columbus gets the extra point. And that is that. But um, I keep telling people, and and I've, I've had this weird, funny discussion, it's not an OCB game unless there's a red card shown to somebody. And that seems to be a trend. You know, young players going into very rough challenges and making some young decisions. But that's the whole point of OCB, is to get those out of your system, learn from them, and then become better professionals as you go along. But yeah, it's it's good for for Orlando getting some of these players minutes uh not only Fabian Loyola who had a great performance out in Minnesota for the MLS Next Pro All-Star game, but he's been starting as of late. So, all things considered, not too bad. Any uh any thoughts on OCB Kyle?
1: Uh I get score updates from the app I use to follow soccer.
0: Nice. Means that OCB and MLS Next Pro is a professional league. It's official now.
1: Um, That bar is really low considering the amount of leagues they have on there.
0: Yeah. Hey, okay. So before we get into college soccer, I do want to bring up two things. First off, since you're talking about leagues, Kyle, did you hear about that league that is being started by former Portland Timber, Liam Ridgewell. I have not. Tell me more. The National Soccer League. It got a lot of slack for existing, first off. So the the NSL is going to be run outside of the American Soccer Pyramid. The league is owned and operated by a man who... Uh, I believe is a nft trader They have a number of different people involved, but it just doesn't seem real. Like a lot of people were going through all of the information the The league put out a video that just seems like it's it's a computer reading off different like talking points. and there's there's a part in the in the press release that reads, This season runs from February to September with each team playing a minimum 10 game regular season. So it's five home, five away, right? And that's over the course of eight months. Doesn't seem like a lot. Then uh, there's a quote in here. The league was founded by international soccer experts, football people group in 2022. doesn't read like, like words. I mean, did you expect it to? Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> oh, I I was expecting
1: this to be a disaster.
0: It's It doesn't seem great. Uh, the owner, Scott Matchmaker Michaels, uh, was on Twitter when the uh, announcements were made. Started responding to people, then started getting a lot of backlash for it. Made his uh, Twitter account private and started blocking everybody. Which is just how you want to start a league, right? Yeah, that's always a good sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the NSL, um, they are starting clubs that you may have heard of. The LA Aztecs, which hasn't existed since like the 70s, the Washington Diplomats, the Chicago Sting, which is the original club from nineteen seventy-four. The Tampa Bay Mutiny from the old MLS days. For whatever reason. The old Minutemen from back in the 70s. He's basically restarting all of the old 70s teams. It's like it's like member berries, but for soccer. It's like, hey, remember this team? <laughs> We're going to bring them back. Because, you know, that's, that's a great idea. There's also a team called the Liverbirds inspired from liverpool it's literally called liverbirds this this can only go badly right
1: i mean this league is definitely not going to get a single game played mm. it's not like we both know this we both know they're not going to play a single game
0: I love on their website it says more iconic teams coming soon. They're basically just taking all the old brands that existed back in the 60s and 70s and bringing them back and then adding a few new ones. They they called a team the Galacticos based off of Real Madrid. Great great creativity. Game. They have no creativity. This is what I'm hearing. Is basically they're they're taking brands. They they're taking previously created brands and also taking notable brands and rebranding to make it kind of unique
1: so genuine question what are the chances that they actually have the rights to any of these organizations
0: very very possibly none that's the funny thing is like like
1: like they're they're absolutely going to get sued for every single one of these
0: 100 percent.
1: like i feel like galacticos has to be trademarked somehow by real madrid I don't know how that works with being – like, I don't know because it's a global thing and, and whatever. But, like, that absolutely has to be something that there will be a lawsuit for. But even just, like, bringing back teams like Tampa Bay Mutiny, like, they, there's no way they have the
0: rights to that. Unless the rights have expired? No, because MLS would hold those rights. Right. Yeah, good Good. Good luck to those folks out there because, yeah. boy, hey, hey, but, you know, th- th- this guy is involved in NFT and crypto trading, so – as as they say, fortune favors the brave. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: Thanks, Matt Damon.
1: This is uh, not going to end well, that's for sure, and I can't wait to watch it.
0: No. it It's going to be...
1: Like, I have no desire to watch any of the games. I won't watch any of the on-the-field product. Couldn't care any less about that. Mm-hmm. But the dumpster fire that's going to come with it is going to be quite fun to watch.
0: Absolutely. Alright, the other thing I wanted to talk about was kind of a general MLS thing. There are some big changes coming to the MLS homegrown territory rules. And this is according to Paul Tenorio and Sam Staschkel from The Athletic. Apparently homegrown rights on every player in territories are gone. Teams now have protected player lists at the academy level. And there is a set compensation for non-protected academy players who leave. So that's big because the change now allows more just overall freedom of movement compared to the previous system. So uh, teams can still maintain the ability to block players who have played for them in the past for joining other MLS clubs. Uh, So basically the, the nude setup doesn't go far enough, but also it, it, it does allow more kind of freedom. So like if a kid's in Miami and wants to play in Orlando He's not zoned and, and beholden to Miami. He can go to Orlando and not have, you know, as much problems as before. So in that case, it's good. But there, there's still so much more that is gonna be coming out. It's um it's it's a it's a closer step towards parity, I guess, in some respects. But it's still gonna be interesting to see how that affects Orlando because when you think about it, there's there's so much in Florida when it comes to soccer. You know, kids in Fort Lauderdale who aren't getting picked up by Miami or Orlando or or kids in between, like in Melbourne, how does that work? You know, it's, it, it could open up the doors for, for some places. It, all goes, it also could open up doors for other states to come in and try and bring kids from Florida and sign them as homegrown players in Atlanta or Columbus or whatever, you know? It's definitely interesting.
1: Yeah, it could definitely open the doors for sure. I just am not really optimistic in any way that it's yeah. going to make that big of a difference. And yeah. it just adds to, like, when 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 y'all shared this uh, in our chat and I was looking at it, I was like, explain this to me like I'm dumb and don't understand anything about MLS roster rules, whether it's senior players, youth players, whatever. The joke being, as someone who has been paying attention to all of this stuff for a very long time like the rules still make no sense the rules also make don't make sense to the people actively involved in all of it like so it's it's like i'm sure there's this is going to be more convoluted than it seems Mm -hmm.
0: and knowing mls Mm -hmm.
1: they don't have a plan for how to deal with that
0: yeah it's that that does track does in fact track Before we move on to college soccer, last little tidbit. Howard Webb is stepping down from Pro. Remember Howard Webb, the former uh, Premier League and World Cup ref who made famous for getting calls wrong? Yeah, he's stepping down as the GM of the Professional Referees Organization to take a similar role as the Chief Refereeing Officer in England. Uh, He will continue with Pro through the end of the MLS season and be closely involved in the active search to name his successor. So now the whole aspect of pro referees will change at the end of the season
1: not satisfied with just ruining the standard of refereeing in american soccer now pro referees would like to infiltrate the british soccer pyramid
0: yes it's exactly right big 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 excitement I'm sure i'm sure all of the all of the english fans are just really happy that that's that's happening
1: Yeah. All right. I don't think they know. I don't think they're aware. Uh,
0: (laughs) Soon they will be. Yes, they
1: absolutely will be.
0: be. I wonder what he'll start saying about Pro after leaving Pro.
1: Oh, God, I hope he leaves and, like, there's just so much behind the scenes, like, crap. Like, I want to find out that there's, like, a bunch of messages behind the scenes where, like, they admitted all these calls were wrong, but then we're just like, LOL, we're not changing.
0: (laughs) But actually because like i
1: i have to believe the people at pro referees i have to believe they're not stupid like they're just the statistical possibility of that many people being that just idiotic is is it's very improbable they just stick to their guns if they get something wrong they don't want to admit that they got something wrong and then that just leads to them making more and more wrong decisions
0: right on to college soccer let's wrap things up shall we all right UCF men's soccer starts their season on Thursday, tomorrow, against Wake Forest, number 15 team in the nation. They've played a couple games against Jacksonville and the University of Tampa in exhibitions. This will be their first game of the regular season. That is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, kickoff at 8 o'clock. Then they are home on Monday to play North Florida in their home opener of the season. So nothing really too much to report on the men's side, but the women's side, they have already played two games in their regular season. Previously, in the preseason, they played in exhibitions against FAU and University of Miami, both wins. Then they hosted the University of Florida, big 3 nothing win for them. And they went to LSU in Baton Rouge, got a nice little 1-1 draw, Caroline Delisle with some massive saves one that ended up being a top 10 play on ESPN and it ended a 1-1 draw so not a terrible start for UCF women's soccer usually they really just they go out and schedule some of the best teams they can and playing against uh, LSU and, and Florida not 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 bad way to start the season Especially getting results in both. Not at all. So they play Utah Valley out in Orem, Utah on Thursday at 7 o'clock. Their home opener is then on this Sunday against Florida Gulf Coast at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So an early kickoff for that FGCU game. Now, onwards to Rollins Soccer. Nothing too much to report for Rollins. Their seasons really don't start uh, until this week as well. Uh, First off, men's soccer. Their season starts this Thursday as well. It's a 4 o'clock kickoff against Wingate University, but this game is in Melbourne, so not too far away from Orlando, just about an hour and a bit. So if you want to head out there to watch that, feel free. Then Sunday at 1 o'clock, same time as the women's game, Embry-Riddle comes to town to play in Winter Park against the Rollins men's side. And that's their first two games of the season. Rollins women, on the other hand, they start their season on Thursday as well. That game, 7 o'clock. This game in Winter Park, where they will be playing the University of Findlay. And then on Saturday at 10 a.m., they're playing Ashland University, who received votes in the top 25. So that's that's it. This weekend starts all of college soccer, basically, except UCF women who have already started. And that is it for uh, college soccer. Now, the last thing before we get into our weird news and red cards and such. The Central Florida Crusaders. So, we haven't talked about them since they signed their first four players, which included Will Johnson. Well, they've signed their first women's player the Central Florida Crusaders have signed former UCF forward Yvonne George, who now goes by Yvonne Hayes as the first player in Crusaders history. Now, Yvonne played from UCF uh, from 2006 to 2009. She's from Winter Springs. She is an Orlando local, has born, raised, went to school here, everything. Scored 16 goals in her tenure with the Knights. She was actually... A conference USA second team player in her sophomore season and as, as well as an all southeast second teamer, uh, led the team in assists her junior year, scored sixteen goals, sixteen assists in seventy-four career games with the Knights. So not a bad way to start things for this Crusaders team that's going to be playing at UCF. You know, Miguel Gallardo, current Pride assistant and current Orlando City broadcaster actually plays against Yvonne in indoor, just kind of around the area. And he was, he's very complimentary. He said he's, he's she's really hard to play against. So could be fun. Could be a, a very fun time. So yeah, that, that just became official a little bit ago and good start to the season. There's, sh- there's some more signings coming and they're interesting on the women's side may or may not be associated with the Orlando Pride in some way, form, or another. And I'll leave it at that. A little tease for later. Okay, Kyle. It is that time of the show where we go ahead and wrap things up with our weird news red cards. So, what kind of weird news do you have for me this week? Well,
1: not this, maybe weird news, maybe not, but we have confirmation that no scientists at cern are not opening a portal to hell Hmm. i didn't know that was a thing at the at the expense of being lumped in with the people that believe in this conspiracy theory that does make me feel like scientists are opening a portal to hell but the in april scientists at the european organization for nuclear research or cern restarted their particle accelerator which had been on a three-year hiatus the large hadron collider they'd done a bunch of repairs and upgrades um But a Facebook post in July that showed a TikTok video, right? This is the level of of high-quality journalism here. Shows a a TikTok video of of a woman who claims that CERN scientists are using the machine to open a doorway for demons. Mm. If y'all don't know about CERN, it's a demonic-slash-evil machine that opens up portals to other dimensions, hell, other spiritual worlds. Not heaven or bosom of Abraham. And it brings in demons, wicked spirits, high evil principalities, reads the caption of the post.
0: Why does this sound uh, like this woman from the rehearsal? Like the the, the second episode of the rehearsal? <laughs> it absolutely
1: does. It also sounds like any one of a number of Republican congressional candidates. But yes, scientists have had to explain that no, that's not what they're doing. But it's one of those, my my we're not creating a portal to hell shirt is getting a lot of questions already answered by my no we're not creating a portal to hell shirt i wish they were creating a portal to hell yeah that'd be really cool science schmiance. i want i want i want doom irl
0: yeah then you then we can all be doom guy sounds like hell yeah i
1: I would actually be the guts in the background of the opening mission (laughs) because that's how quickly i would die (laughs)
0: Damn. Uh, all right, my weird news. I got a twofer for you. Um, Capitol Records has preempt- preemptively canceled their AI rapper <laughs> because it created the most racist, terrible lyrics possible. So they preemptively canceled it. Uh, the rapper, AI rapper was named FN Mecca, and uh, they, it became it the first robot rapper fired by its record label for racist lyrics.
1: That's that's great. Yeah. That's exactly what I would expect from an AI rapper. Is that it would have to get fired because of language?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That it. That's just. That's so great. I saw a tweet about it, and like it showed the lyrics, and I was like, oh god, that's that's rough.
0: Yeah. They said that technically FN Mecca is quote unquote a black guy. Oh. And uh, they argued that this was not a malicious plan of white exclusives. He said that it's literally no different from managing a human artist except that it's digital.
1: (laughs) No different than a human artist except it's not human.
0: Oh, and he also argued that the uh, FN Mecca is actually one of the most diverse teams you'll get. I'm the only white person involved. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: Congrats to Ben Shapiro on starting a (laughs) rap recording label.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, wow, that is something.
0: Yeah. All right. And then my second one, just just for funny, uh, San Francisco's $20,000 designer trash can struggles to contain trash.
1: <laughs> you had one job.
0: Yep. In 2018, the city's Department of Public Health began the process of replacing more than its 3,000 existing public trash cans. They spent $550,000 to design bespoke bins for its streets. But the designs don't work and they actually let more trash out than they should keep in. That's, um, that's great. Yeah. So not not ideal. They look like salt and pepper shakers.
1: It's, I just uh some people, man. Some people.
0: Yeah. All right. Any red cards slash playing advantages this week? Oh,
1: I'm going to play advantage. To what? To my own personal bald Jesus, (laughs) Eric Ten Hag, (laughs) with the masterclass performance (laughs) for Manchester United against Liverpool, leaping us above them on the table. We no longer – our place in the table no longer starts with a two. It now starts with a one.
0: Congratulations! Back on track. Happy for also, you.
1: Uh, also, also, uh, uh, I don't know if it's technically a playing advantage because I haven't actually seen it yet, but I'm going to see it, which is the new Dragon Ball Super movie, uh, which is supposed to be extremely good. I've heard that fans will be very, very pleased. Uh, so, and I, there's also uh, another video content type thing that i've been watching lately that i can't talk about until tomorrow by the time this podcast comes out but i'm not even going to talk about it on here just know it's uh, related to a soccer team that may or may not have been purchased by some americans somewhat recently over in the old uk and there's a little documentary they did and it's uh it's very good it is very very is good is it not out yet it comes out on the 25th
0: uh-huh good figure Cool.
1: Unless um, I have my dates wrong. Yeah. Maybe I have my dates wrong, but I don't think I do.
0: Oh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to give a playing advantage as well to the rehearsal. I've just been watching that, and boy, uh, <laughs> it, it's fucking insane. I, I, I truly believe Nathan Fielder... Should be getting an Academy ward and also be put in jail. It it, it certainly feels 100%. like there's there's a a, a both should happen because of just like how insane all of it is.
1: What he's doing, while not illegal, should maybe be.
0: It feels so illegal. <laughs>
1: There is so much stuff in there that I'm just like, how How have you done this?
0: Also the people he gets involved with this. It's like, how do you find these people? Oh yeah, Craigslist. Just-
1: yeah, I mean also like I mean you and I exist in this modern age. We know what the world is like. It's not too shocking that he's found those people.
0: Sadly. Anyway. Kyle, that'll do it for this episode of the Orlando Soccer Show. Any final thoughts, concerns, and or comments?
1: I like seeing when Orlando's soccer teams win, and I hope that it continues.
0: Yeah. I would uh, I would agree with that. I guess that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. For Kyle Foley, I am Austin David. We will catch you next week after Orlando City's games uh, against NYCFC, the prize game against OL Reign, and uh, OCB's game. So with that, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later. You're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.